This lecture is brought to you by Knox Theological Seminary on iTunes U. Knox is a seminary in the tradition of the Reformation that exists to educate men and women to declare and demonstrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that this teaching will be beneficial in your Christian life and ministry. Luther went back and added to the small called articles as it was going into publication to respond to what was happening with Agricola. And this is where we get into something that it's kind of on the topic we've been talking about um, consistently. So this was added. It wasn't part of the original document that Agricola signed. He, he come, goes back and writes this later. What page of the Book of Concord are you on? <clears throat> 318. Okay. And this is in a section about repentance. And the stuff that was already there, he says, you know, repentance endures among Christians until death. The gift of the Holy Spirit cleanses and sweeps away sin that remains and works to make people pure and holy. That's what it does every day. It's sort of his standard teaching on repentance. Then he goes and adds this. Then again, some fanatical spirits might arise. Perhaps some already are present, just as I saw for myself at the time of the disturbance, who maintain that all who have once received the Spirit or the forgiveness of sin or have become believers should they sin after that, would still remain in the faith, and such sin would not harm them. They shout, do what you will. If you believe, then nothing else matters. Faith blots out all sin, etc. <clears throat> they say in addition that if someone sins after receiving faith in the Spirit, then that person never really had the Spirit and faith. I have encountered many such foolish people, and I am concerned that such a devil is still present in some. And this is sort of the money part right here. Therefore, it is necessary to know and teach that when holy people, aside from the fact that they still have and feel original sin and also daily repent of it and struggle against it, when those people fall somehow into a public sin, such as David, who fell into adultery, murder, and blasphemy against God, at that point faith and the Spirit have departed. The Holy Spirit does not allow sin to rule and gain the upper hand so that it is brought to completion. But the Spirit controls and resists it, so that sin is not able to do whatever it wants. However, when sin does whatever it wants, then the Holy Spirit and faith are not there. As St. John says, those who have born of God do not sin and cannot sin. Nevertheless, this is also the truth. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth of God is not in us. Yeah? What? So when you sin, you don't have any faith? The Holy Spirit and the faith are not present. No, 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 no. That's, that's not at all. Because you remember he says, Public sin, holy people, apart from the fact that they still have original sin and daily repent of it and struggle against it. Um, that's where he's saying, it's, yeah, it's this notion of public sin. And David is the example there, because what does David do? He commits, he commits adultery. He murders and he blasphemes. So is he making a distinction between public sin and original sin here and saying... You can have original sin and faith in the Holy Spirit all at once, but not public sin. Also unrepentant public sin. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hold on. So just I just want to focus on what he's saying. Yeah. So original sin is cool. You can have faith in the Holy Spirit all in one. But if you're in public sin, you commit some public sin, there's a distinction. And the faith in the Holy Spirit are now no longer there. Um, the, the further term we need to add there is that you can have original sin and actual sin 
and still have the Holy Spirit because that's just true of your life in Christ. If you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself. Okay. But the distinction is actual sin versus public sin, which is a kind of persistent belief that um, sin doesn't matter. I can do whatever I want. Um, and it's the kind of sin that It draws, you away, it draws you away from faith in the promise by its nature because you fully give in to it in such a way that um, he would say faith can't materially be present because faith is to desire what is given to you in the promise. Um, there again, I mean, the example is David. Right. He talks about murder and blasphemy against God. Um, yeah, and I can hear overtones of his interpretation of Psalm 51. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, when he says the Spirit's gone, in David in existential angst, angst has articulated that the Spirit is gone, mm-hmm. or at least he's saying, don't take it from me, I can feel him slipping away or something. There's yeah. something about his experience of his sin now mm-hmm. in Psalm 51 where he's saying, yeah, restore him to me. Yeah, the joy of I don't think we have to believe him there. I don't think we have to follow him there. You don't have to. But yeah, exactly no, no, I know. I'm just trying to get to the bottom. I know. So it, it also seems like he's trying to say that if you can keep yourself from external sin, then you're good. You're in the faith. And, I know. And so I think, can I say I'm not reading that? His phrase of public sin is a careless phrase mm. to our ear. To our ear, yeah. I think there's something there that's got a nuance that I don't immediately appreciate. It's the first yeah. time I've heard that phrase. It's not that, okay, you see me sing. Yeah. Then I'm apart from the spirit. I mean, it's not that. Yeah, it's not that. It's it's that persistent, obdurate. Yeah, yeah the ESV study Bible says this all the time too. It like make, uh, as you read through it, it, makes this distinction between like day day, you know, kind of sins, but this willful, persistent, ongoing, quote unquote, make a practice of sin type yeah, of thing. I see what I'm doing. I know yeah. it's wrong. I know that Christ died for all sin. I don't care. It's a kind of it's a yeah. It's the kind of it's the kind of sin that exists outside of the life of daily repentance. Um, or, I mean, I, I agree Luther to be saying, and I'm not necessarily in agreement, but at least I'm hearing Luther mm-hmm. to say, there's a kind of sin which says it's not sin, and that is the most dangerous sin. Yeah. No matter how that's manifested, but the sin that says, I'm not sinning. I don't know, I don't hear that. See, well, I'll put a therapist on David for a bit too. Um, and call Luther against Luther. Mm-hmm. I mean, that David, did David really know what he was doing? Or was he so taken in uh, yeah. what we would now call some form of denial, mm-hmm. not calling a thing what it is, being yep. totally swallowed in all of his yep. own um, power, yep. lust, greed, concupiscentia, uh, position, authority, that he's got swept away. Yeah. So there's that place that he's hidden from himself to keep the hiddenness of God in there. Pastorally, that's something really important for us to hold on to, that just because one of our parishioners is caught in a mm-hmm. series of, in David's case, adultery and murder, mm-hmm. which isn't too far-fetched. Over a long ministry, you're going to come yeah. up to something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in 35, 40-year ministry, we're going to see that, um, yeah. either directly or indirectly, even something that far out, newsworthy, actual newsworthy. What word do we have for them there? Um, I think now commonly you know, neurobiology and lots of other things can, can help. Mm. That's not an excuse. For yeah. I don't no, you're right. Yeah. It's a very strong view of sin. A very 
strong view of the law. Saying that really help us make sense of Luther against himself. I mean, somewhere it's in the Holy Spirit. Right there in the scripture, it's what we've got to deal with. Like consistent, yeah. obdurate, obstinate. I see what I'm doing. It's not hidden from me anymore. And I just don't care. With that, I see what I'm doing. Yeah. It's actually really, that's, that's a lot more difficult than we think it is, I think. Mm. I also think somehow that needs to be reconciled with, with the perseverance of the saints. That mm-hmm. I hear all over scripture, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I guess I don't know how to make those work and Luther's comfortable articulating the tension the way he does. Mm. Yeah. It just gets scary. It sounds it's just scary when I think I could enter into some sort of sin that the Holy Spirit would be removed from me. And yeah. That scares me. You know, again, that kind of language is the best one out. that I, I fall off the wagon mm-hmm. and I go back after 15 years of sobriety, whether it's sex, drugs, rock and roll, or whatever else. Is the spirit apart from me then? Mm. So where's the hope right now for, for addicts? Exactly. That's what, yeah. A hope for who? Addicts. For, for addicts. So it's all of us. Yeah, yeah. And if you, yeah, if you were to teach this, all that's going to do is when people... So know, Dr. Luther, come into the 21st century and speak towards addiction and see what <laughs> Yeah. Then... I, yeah, I, I just what what I'm hearing sounds. I don't know. I just don't see a lot of hope in that for people who are. Yeah. <clears throat> like Zach said, all of us, but but the. Yeah. I mean. There's people who are just so caught in, you know, uh, drugs, whatever. And I think there was a time in my life coming from a very conservative background that I would have said, well, just, you know, get over it, man. Mm-hmm. You did, you know, trust Jesus and quit being an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that there's a lot of psychological and physiological things that are happening with an addict that we can't even pretend to understand. And just, you know, throwing a little uh, theology at them isn't really that helpful. Mm. Or or saying to them, maybe you don't have the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Not maybe, you yeah. don't. Because <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's precisely in those simple, moments. Simple, 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 yeah. simple, simple. It's precisely in those moments when they need to hear that most. Yeah, it's like, exactly. When I find you in the gutter and you got a needle in your arm, that's when they need to hear God's not going to let you go. Do you don't you don't think Luther would say that though? Not in the moment, <laughs> but obviously maybe he'd think it. Mm. Somewhere where this phrase, you know, what I, I, maybe I don't know more about that. Yeah, that's where that's where I don't know that that's what Luther's saying. It's not it's not it's external. Not. It's not just external actual right, sin. Right. It's talking about something that's so hard, that's so far that. Um, it's got a lot of history to it. Yeah, that would have to, in a way, yeah. deny, the, deny yeah. the presence of the Spirit in you. Yeah. I, can, I mean, I'm thinking yeah. of a friend, a particular yeah. friend who is an addict, and I know that even in the middle of his relapses, he's feeling 
he's not feeling hard and obstinate. He's like, I'm going to do this because I love it. Right. He's like, he's, he's scared of himself and he's doing it. He's in fear while yeah. he's doing it and just needs it. And he's in this horribly desperate place. Yeah. And what does he do? When and it's very different from a hard and hard. uses and the cycle keeps going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's in that. He's, he just lives in fear. Yeah, and that's not the kind of thing that's to be no. discussed here. I don't think he's talking about the type of sin or the severity of sin. I think he's talking about the denial of sin. Mm-hmm. As a, that's what public sin There is no sin, so I can feel free to do exactly what I want. I think he's talking about in the context of antinomianism by saying yeah. the real danger yeah. is by not ever repenting. That's the real danger. You know, there's a, there's a story um, that goes around about Luther that some, some people had, had a child who had committed suicide and the, the church didn't want to allow the child to be buried in the graveyard because it was suicide. Um, and Luther was called in to you know, sort of adjudicate, and he said, we were going to bury this child here. It, you know, he was taken over by something that he could not resist, and yet he is within the love we're of God. Robert. Yeah. So, I mean, that... That's the kind of thing you have to remember, that this is not, this is not an easy thing to fall out of. Um, like, let's just, let's just not get, get it twisted um, in such a way that... Um, you, but it's hard because using David yeah. as a very specific example. Yeah. Um, he's not speaking abstractly anymore. Mm-hmm. He's speaking concretely about someone that we view yeah. as looking like he's got the spirit, God loves him. God has set his affection upon him. Yeah. Um, and David ended up repenting. Yeah. So even then was his heart so hard that eventually it didn't break. Yeah. So I, well, it had to be I broken at first. I mean, yeah. If that really is the case, I don't know that using David's the best mm. example. Okay. But I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah. it's really concrete. And one can say, yeah, there's this dominoes of obstinance, of murder, mm-hmm. lust, all that stuff. Yeah. I don't think David felt good about it. You know what I mean? He was just trying to cover his butt. But it doesn't, reading the Psalms, yeah. it doesn't seem like tell. he felt good about it. Right. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, when you actually read the story in Samuel, it's, it's hard to psychologize there yeah. uh, to get to the intent. Um, most we have is during the springtime when most kings when kings would go out to war. Mm-hmm. The psychology there is yeah. just lazy, complacent. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's total eisegesis. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely going. Yeah. Where the text really isn't present. Yeah. I appreciate though that you're bringing up these things so that there's not kind of we don't study Luther with a kind of glorified he can say no wrong type of approach. Yeah, I mean I I wanna just keep putting this out there so that you can feel free to yeah, we should disagree. accept and push away. And, um, but the one thing I want to avoid there is um, caricaturing Luther as in he believes you could just fall away. Right, <laughs> right. right. I don't think that's true. That's, that's, just not, that's not true at all. The image of the meat falling out of the dog's mouth, I think, is branded in her brains. Yeah. None of us like it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Don't know. You shouldn't always go to Aesop's fables for, <laughs> no, your, that's what I'm laughing for your illustration. And his proof text is Aesop. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, let's take a few minutes. I want to have you read um, in the first disputation, the 21st argument, which starts on page 59 
Um, I think this is one of the, the best summaries of repentance and the work, why you need the law in repentance. Um, sorry, if you have the version that has the Latin in it, my page numbers aren't going to help. Um, but um, let's just... Uh, mine, mine could, you could say, what argument is he refuting here? Twenty-first, uh, twentieth. Yeah, let's let's take some time and read. Just read the twenty-first argument, and then we'll come 21st, back. Twenty-first, sorry, in which disputation? Uh, the first. First disputation, twenty-first argument. Yeah. These courses provide a glimpse into our academic programs. Knox students can take one-week or semester-length courses in person at our South Florida campus or choose to complete a degree entirely online. By bringing together academic excellence, a vibrant community of learning, and flexible scheduling, Knox offers today's students timeless truth through modern convenience. For more information about earning credit toward a master's degree, please visit our website at knoxseminary.edu.